Good evening, everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me, as always, is my best pal, Noelle Schmidt. That's right. We host a show called High Spirits, in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Hi, Noelle. Hi. Uh, everybody who listens to the show knows that we are sponsored by booze companies. Noelle, what are you drinking? Uh, tonight, I am drinking Boda Box Cabernet. Boda Box, it's wine in a box. Amazing. And I'm Jay Simon. Of course, I am always drinking in quarantine. Coors Light brought to you by the makers of Coors from the mountains of Coors. It's beer that tastes like Coors Light. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very delightful, special, invigorated uh, special guest. Her name is Megan Ensley. Oh, man. Look at those those double horns turned into bullhorns. Yep, I'm so happy to be here. I was doing the too too much rock for one hand hand movement. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Megan Ensley is back, friend of the show. Megan, what are you drinking? I am drinking Revolution Brewing Anti Hero. I could actually really use a hero right now. Are you holding up I for need a hero. Exactly. I was hoping that would happen. Yep. I'm holding up our hero till the morning light. Yep. So I'm drinking uh, some Re- Revolution. Love it. Um, Welcome back to High Spirits. We always appreciate you being here. I always feel so honored that I'm asked to attend. So thank you for having me. We love it. Um, Speaking of the double horns, I just want to make one just note here. Um, So Trolls 2, uh, the (laughs) Trolls World Tour has recently come out on video on demand. And of course, it has been viewed in this home um at least 18 times the justin the timberlake is in that yes the the timberlake and the anna kendrick or anna whatever her name is um a ray of sunlight she is and and wonderful i like her i guess um but i am going to take some exception to this movie and i'm going to say this i'm very angry that the hard rock trolls are the bad guys and portrayed as the narrow-minded bad people in this movie. What the heck is what I have to say. What the heck? Huh? Noelle has a problem with the big troll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I'm very angry about it. Yeah, so. I mean, it's, it's, it probably feels hard to be persecuted against Noelle. Would you like to say more? I just want to say that those people who appreciate uh, heavier music are not all angry and mean and um, want to take over the world. Um, many of us are, are nice, kind, thoughtful people who just like a really um, heavy bass line and um, fast drums. Yeah. Maybe y'all are just uh, letting off some steam. That's right. That's right. Sometimes you just got to get it out sometimes, in really hard music. Sometimes there's just too much rock for one hand. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> this is why video is important. <laughs> so good. So rant over. That's my movie moment for today. Well, thank you so much. And um, Noelle, you have a very fun ghost story or ghost stories uh, to talk about us to talk about with us today. Um, also, I'm interrupting myself because Noelle and I never share what we're about to do, so that's why I completely lost focus on what I was trying to say. I don't know what she's going to share, but Noelle, you have a great story to tell us today. What it what it is? Well, first of all, I'd like to thank you for just trusting that it is a great story before I even tell you. Listen, um, you are a Raycon tour, and you took me to the Raycon tours at We did go to the Raycon tours, yes, um, and they were fun. Okay, are you ready to talk I, about? I think so. The, the Morris Jumel Mansion of New York City. Oh, okay. You both were like, "Do we know this?" Nope. Well, I know what New York City is. <laughs> <laughs> I know what mansions are. <laughs> and I've heard the, the last name Morris. Um, as in Zach Morris? Yes, that was unrelated. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. So in 1765, 
one Colonel Roger Morris built a summer home for his wife, Mary Philippe's, and their family. Um, this, you know, modest size home on 135 acres of land that stretched from the Harlem to Hudson Rivers. Whoa. Yeah. Yes. No biggie. Um, and today, it, it would approximately be between 140th and 180th streets in Manhattan. Damn. Yeah. It's definitely still there. There's <laughs> summer home, by the way. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it was named Mount Morris because it sat on... Wait, um, did the Roosevelt's live there for a time? No, they didn't. Okay. Um, but, but no, they might have had some involvement, but I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but uh, it was situated at the highest point of Manhattan, which it was, is why it was count, called uh, Mount Morris. Um, from there, there were clear views of Connecticut, New Jersey, and all of New York Harbor. Um, it was also a working farm with fruit trees, cows, sheep, sheep, and various crops. Um, Roger and Mary did not stay in the home or occupy it for very long because at the onset of the Revolutionary War, they fled and abandoned the house. You know, no big deal. Um, and it turned, like, it, from what it sounds like, they were actually... Um, British sympathizers, or what? Were, remind me what those people were called, Jay. Um, Treasonous jagbags. Yes, that's it. That's oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the- <laughs> no, uh, what were they called? Um, loyalists. Loyalists. Um, yes. So they actually fled back to Britain. Oh. Um, and left and abandoned the house. So in the fall of 1776, George Washington, remember him? Yeah. He and his, at the time he was um, Admiral or General George Washington. Um, he and his officers moved in and made the house their headquarters. Okay. So that's cool. Which is just like crazy that they're like, nobody's here. This is ours now. Um, so they moved in um, and then, but here's the, the crazy thing. So they had like two battles there. And at the house? Or not at the house, but like nearby. Sorry. And the, the, um, his last victory, which was on October 21st of that same year, 1776, they still felt the need to retreat. So they ended up retreating to White Plains from there. So Mm -hmm. they abandoned the house again. And then from there, um, it became a headquarters that was used by the British and the Hessian armies. Oh, Um, yeah. So it just, apparently it like, it, Probably because of the location, it was too vulnerable. I'm thinking, sure, because um, it's close we to the should, harbor. We should, and... we should pin right here that the Hessians weren't necessarily an army; they were German mercenaries that yeah. signed up to come fight our Revolutionary War on the side of the uh, the British. The British, yeah. So yeah. it, I think a lot of people w- think that like Germany had a big part in the war. They didn't, but uh, the their kiddos did. They're basically like, and... like the Blackwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Eric Prince's Blackwater. Yeah, they're, Eric they're Prince, brother yeah. of Betsy DeVos. De- yeah, our Secretary of Education. Yes, she's um, great. She's not. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um, thank you for correcting me on that pronunciation too, because it is Hessian. Um, uh, after the war, the house was confiscated by the forfeiture of laws by the state of New York and sold to cover war debts. So I'm, um, and we're gonna actually talk about the sale of the house a little bit later because it gets really interesting. Um, so it it served for a time as a tavern. It was actually a very ta- popular tavern. Um, it's a big tavern, Megan, let's go. Huge tavern. Well, probably, <laughs> it probably had, they probably used it as a hotel because of how big it was. And I'm sure there it was probably a brothel as well. I didn't get a, a ton of information about that, but from what I read, it was very popular. That's cool, like, you don't have to imagine it probably was, it, it, especially what, if it's it, very yeah. popular. Right, so, um, but then uh, the tavern couldn't like keep up. So it eventually went under and then was aban- the house was abandoned again. And then on July 10th, 
1790, George Washington used the house for his first cabinet dinner to um, honor like the location of his first victory. So kind of cool. How messy um, do you think that place was? Like there had to be a lot of just yeah. dust. dust. Yeah. And like rodents and yeah. they used a lot of slaves to clean it up. No doubt. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which is real unfortunate. <sighs> In um, 1810, Eliza and Stephen Jumel bought the house and the land. So Stephen was a merchant from the south of France who had emigrated to New York, and he met Eliza in New York, and they fell in love and got married. Eliza was from a poor family um, from Rhode Island, um, but she was an avid reader, and she self-educated herself, and from there, there she actually um, became... Um, kind of a prominent businesswoman in New York during like this time. And so uh, later on when Stephen's business kind of started to flounder, she was able to like step in and um, create, build up more of a, a foundation and build, create um, a financial stability for them because she got involved with real estate. So she was like buying and selling land um, and then also renting properties in downtown that they had bought to like use as rental properties. So she was like a really business savvy woman. Um, after his death, she was one of the wealthiest women in New York, but because Wait, besides, be, besides her husband or with, you know, after, in, you know, after he died, because she ended up inheriting all this money. So oh, like, wow. because, because of the she, fact that like it was his money she didn't have like after he died like she became very very wealthy question so she did yeah. not remarry well we're gonna get to that oh okay. um right now 14 months later she married and this is gonna come full circle again because i continued to be thematic she married aaron burr what he was she was 58 years old and burr was 77 so people speculate that um, it was definitely a marriage of convenience for both of them. Like, did people speculate she was pregnant and that's why they got married? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the fact that she lived till the, like that she was 58 is that she's ancient <laughs> at that point. Like, we have to get married now. Our parents are watching. <laughs> what will people say? <laughs> I think I think that was definitely one theory. Um, so she was 58. He was 77. Um, and they think that she married him basically for status and he married her for the money. And so. They, what year was this? This was. Um, I didn't write down the year, but I think think it was like in the mid 1800s okay um like in the 1840s i think um so she because she started seeing him very quickly after stephen died and then they it was like 14 months to like his death that they remarried but they separated after four months because burr mismanaged their liquid assets and she was like get the fuck out and she and moved that's why I was wondering house. because he kept trying to do crazy things like uh, he was trying to get into crazy businesses. Like there was a certain point where he wanted uh, to invade Texas and create Texas as a state and he needed cash to do so. And he was going to raise an army kind of against or maybe with the United States and he got in some serious serious hot water gotcha so yeah he um he totally mismanaged her money and like before it got really bad she was like get out and basically like she moved back into the mansion and i don't know where he went but then he died three years later on the day that their divorce was actually legal and uh, like granted legal um so that was kind of a short-lived romance um <laughs> And we're going to talk, we're going to come back to Eliza a little bit later. Um, and honestly, the story is really about Eliza. 
Um, uh, which wasn't that also Alexander Hamilton's wife's name? It was. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Look at that. Uh, so in um, the 1880s, uh, most at this point, Eliza has um, sold the house. And I believe at this point, the state or the city has like taken ownership of the house. Um, most of the land's been sold off and like fashionable townhouses are starting to surround the mansion. Um, and then the city buys the house and the two acres that it sits on and they create Roger Morris Park in honor of the original owner. Um, so today that the house and those two acres are considered historic and the house has become a museum. Um, it's the oldest house in Manhattan and the, it serves as a museum for the art, architecture, and lives of the Morris and Jamal families. Hmm. So um, I'm, I'm still there. I know, right? Yeah. I had no idea that, like this, how like that this was a thing. I'd never heard of it, which is crazy. Um, and that was a thing, and I didn't put this in my notes, but um that was a thing that I read that went like Eliza really liked to tout. She, she was very eccentric and she liked to show off. And so um, she kept various pieces of furniture and um, belongings of her ex-husband's. And she liked to show them off. Like she had Burr's desk and she had um, like these like nice um, furniture pieces from her previous husband and I don't know that those are still there. I think they might be. Um, but that was like a big part of this house, like big thing that she liked to do with the house. May Let's I talk about- May I interject really quick? Yeah. I just want to say that she, cause you know, I'm a fan of the housewives, real housewives. She sounds like the ultimate real housewife of New York. Like she sounds like <laughs> the OG real housewife of New York. <laughs> she does. Which been perfectly with current cast and the cast that's been on for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Megan, I was going to say she sounds a lot like uh, Delta Burke, uh, her character, Suzanne Schuchermaker in Designing Women. Yes. I'm literally watching that. It's on, I'm not watching it. It's just right now, Megan, Megan focus. It's just, I'm not watching it, but it's you're, on the screen. You oh, are showing on. us that you're watching, you're multitasking. <laughs> I'm not watching it. It's just on the screen. <laughs> Wait, what was what was Dixie Carter's name? I know she's a sugar baker too, but Julia I Sugar Baker. Julia, okay. Thank you. That was gonna bug Julia me. Julia Sugar Baker. And that's <laughs> the night that the lights went out in Georgia. I'm also going to put this on as soon as we're done recording tonight, because now I've really got a hankering for it. Gotta get your Annie Potts and uh Jean Smart fix. <laughs> get them all in there. It's so good. If you have not watched Designing Women, stop everything you're doing. I believe it's on Hulu, right? On Hulu. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh Watch Designing Women, The Craft, Real Housewives of, what did you say? New York. New York. Wherever. And then come back and listen to the show. Yeah, whatever whatever you want. But New York specifically for this. For uh, this. Okay. Perhaps read the Alice B. cookbook and then come (laughs) And watch Captain. And watch (laughs) Listen, you've got a lot of homework, but you've also got a lot of time. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Amazon Prime will make a, a series about the Alice B. Toklas cookbook. Oh, I hope they do. Or we will. Also, Amazon Prime will write it for you. Um, all right. We're going to come back to Eliza because there's a lot of stuff to, to take in about her. But let's talk about some of the ghosts that are now seen on the property. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, there is a Hessian soldier. Um, he can be found on the winding stairs um, in the house. I'm assuming that there's, like, some kind of grand staircase. And he is seen there. Um, <laughs> uh, because it's a museum now, there are a lot of uh, field trips and school groups that go there on a regular basis. So, um, a lot of reports come from from them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, so there's a report of a school teacher fainting at the site of the Hessian soldier. Um, in the 1960s, there was a group of school children waiting on the front lawn, and they all said that they saw a woman run out from the second story balcony, look down at them, and say, 
my husband is very ill. You have to keep quiet. So the curator of the, so they were waiting to like go in. The curator came out and said there was no one in the house after they told him about it. And then while going through the house, the kids saw a mannequin of a, um, a mannequin that was wearing a red wig. Um, Eliza Jamel had red hair and the kids looked at it and they were like, that's her, that's her. And so um, (laughs) I have a note here that actually says classic Ensley prank because I could totally see Megan just like walking out from a place and being like, my husband is very ill. You have to be quiet. That I my first thought was how can I get a job doing that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, when you said that, I was like, wow, what a great idea. That <laughs> <laughs> would be so funny. That so, is funny red, and spooky. Yeah, and then you mentioned the red wig, and I have um, a red wig that I wore as part of a Reba McIntyre costume, and I was like, should I just go do that in New York? <laughs> like, Wait, Megan, how many red wigs do you have? Three? <laughs> I just have the one, but I have a Dolly oh. Parton wig, I have a Liza Minnelli wig, and I have a Reba McIntyre wig. And so you're All a day. drag queen. <laughs> oh, I forgot to mention, yes. My name, my drag name is Megan ha- Money Sign Money Sign. Oh, nice. G-I-N Money Sign. Got it. Megan Money. Look Mine's I Need a Man, and I mostly do Rihanna. I like that. Mm-hmm. Noelle? Uh, mine's Nicole because that's what everybody just calls me because they can't figure out my name. <laughs> Nicole. <laughs> Nicole hashtag default. <laughs> In parentheses default. Um, so uh, <laughs> after after uh, the kids um, were like freaked out, the curator decided to hold a seance in um, Eliza's bedroom and uh, he had brought a radio uh, group in so they were broadcasting it live and they actually had to cut it off because apparently the language was so foul they couldn't air it on the radio. That is so cool. Like what a cool curator that decides to like then have a seance and not for children but then bring in like a radio station. What was was foul language for the time? I don't Did know. They say I, damn it didn't a lot say. or prostitute. What? It didn't say. It just said it was so foul they had to cut it off. You damn scallywag! Right? How dare you present yourself for intercourse? You hussy! <laughs> she was wearing her socks below her. No, never mind. I don't what I don't a terrific buttocks buried underneath <laughs> corsets. Yeah, it must I mean, have been. The 60s, though, too. So free love and time, but um, sit, like so then the 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 museum stopped like the, like totally denied any type of presence of ghosts, wanted nothing to do with it. Um, but now they're like starting to let in um more ghost groups. Like of course Zach Baggins has been there. Megan, stop it. <laughs> Everyone like. He's my number one crush. Zach, I know you're listening to this. You're my number one crush. <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for listening to High Spirits. We really love your show. Thank you so much. Well, yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, no, well, I like that your sigh could be used as like someone thinking it's EVP. What is she saying? <laughs> she just said, Megan loves Zach. <laughs> she just said the code to the safe is 8924. Slow down, Zach, and you'll hear "fuck you, Baggins." Um, yourselves. <laughs> I'm sure he's fine, a fine individual. I should be nicer, probably not. Um, there have been like, but other school groups have reported that they've seen this woman, and she says things like "be quiet" or "go home," and basically just like "get off my lawn" type things. Which I love. So I'm surprised much. she doesn't say get out. That's the standard. Be quiet or go home is slightly unusual for ghosts. Right. We, because um, all I watch now are kids' movies. We uh, recently watched the new Adams Family. Um, okay. I made it which I enjoyed quite a bit. 
which that was a big like part of my childhood was that show. And so the they did a nice job with the animation, but I the, the house that they live in is of course haunted, and they use the get out gag a couple times, and it's awesome. Get out. Anyway, uh, check out uh, the animated uh, Adams family. Okay, so uh, how does that song go? Da-da-da-da. Are my snaps oh, coming through? Snap? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And actually, oh, Megan on Skype is showing her Leah Romany nails. That was sexy as hell. I went da 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 da, and this woman put her nails in front of the camera and went snap, snap. She's got some hot nails. Is that pink? <laughs> they're, yeah, they're hot pink right now. Pink? Does it have a name? It uh, pro- uh, probably not because I got it from Five Below. So <laughs> probably Five not. Below Seven Eleven. It cost probably either one dollar or three dollars, but it did not cost five dollars. Like <laughs> number, it's like seven five two zero pink. Probably like LA gear or something like that. It's like know. pink comma. Stop asking questions. It's like comma. Pink, it's pink filled with lead. Poor pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no FDA overseas. Did you go to the Five Below by my house? Actually, that's the, where I got that. Yeah. Oh, nice. I got some uh, Halloween decorations from there this year. Did they catch on fire? No, surprisingly not. <laughs> I got this nail color when I got the Chance the Snapper inflatable gator for my birthday party. Oh, yeah. Um, I was back there. in, yeah. I had a fire theme birthday party. It was um, I still have my wristband, and my daughter was looking for um, rubber bands, and it was like in the drawer where I just keep stuff, <laughs> random things. And she was like, "What's this?" And I was like, "That was my admission to Megan's birthday party that I showed up late for." <laughs> Which is perfect. That's what you. Yeah. That's what you you're should do. Yeah, you're supposed to. All right. You guys want to hear about some more ghosts? Yes, yeah. please. Okay. There's a servant girl who can be found on the third floor because here's, well, so this house was built in the, I, I, I know, as soon as I said that, Megan's head went, <laughs> like, just totally lifted up. Uh, yeah, tell us about the servant girl. Listen, here's, here's some real, real truth for you guys. This house was was built in the 1700s, which means slaves built the house yeah. and served in the house. Let's be it, real. Yeah, and it's it's not at all your fault for telling us because it's not your fault for slavery. So I'm take that off your shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel bad. You didn't cause that. Uh, I have to, I'm just telling you guys the facts of these alleged ghosts. That have been reported being that have been seen. Anyway, so this girl who may or may not have been a servant is found on the third floor. The reason that they think that she's a servant is because she was she's seen on the third floor, which is where the servants' quarters were. Mm. Um, People believe that she died of a suicide. Um, There's also another alleged story that a visitor died of a heart attack when they saw her when she saw her. Oh, so that's scary. Do they um, know what that was when that visitor died? Um, I think it was, I did actually, I didn't put the date down, but I think it was also in the 60s or it's after, like in the 20th century. Um, people have reported seeing a figure, of the figure of Aaron Burr. Um, and they've also reported sounds of females laughing. So let's talk about Eliza. Yes, let's. Um, so Eliza, whose nickname was Betsy, was the, da- was the daughter of a prostitute. Yeah, nice, so, Betsy. Um, I, I, I borrowed this quote and um, from, uh, I, I'm blanking on the website. Um, Actually, I think I have it right here. Wikipedia? New York, New York City History dot org. Okay. Um, born, is born in a brothel, but died in a mansion. 
Hell that, yeah, Megan, that's my tagline. Yeah, that's exactly. yeah. Any like that's like a that's um fancy. That's basically the hell yeah fancy it's pretty woman. Basically, um, Dolly Parton song. It's sweet charity. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. It's all it's all of that hooker with the heart of gold story. I love that Megan Ensley and I go crazy for like what uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yes. yes. Also, um, happy Easter, you guys. Happy uh, we haven't gotten to your Dolly Parton celebration yet. I cannot believe. I am eating well, a Cadbury cream egg, but <laughs> we'll we'll close out the show with uh, your song. Megan, yours looks a little jizzy. Like it just doesn't seem because I don't like the middle part that much, so I try to <laughs> just buy chocolate. Why are you waving around that caramel like you it's don't just like the falling. middle part? That's the best part. Because it's really it's sugary to me is a gift by the Easter Bunny. <laughs> You're eating around it like a hooker with a heart of gold. I've already Thank eaten you. some of my kids' Easter candy because that's how I do. All right, so um, Betsy was uh, the daughter of a, she, her mother was a, an indentured, ser- indentured servant, actually, to um, a free, a freed slave. Um, but she fell on hard times, and obviously, she was an indentured servant, and she had to live in a brothel and became a prostitute. And so Betsy and her siblings grew up in a brothel, and like throughout their childhood, they were. Um, kind of passed around to like aunts and uncles and like sometimes would go back to their mom depending on the situation, but it was not a good upbringing. Her father was a sailor or or sailor, sorry. (laughs) Sailor. Sailor. (laughs) Whatever that is. He was a sailor. Um, He died when she was, I think, 11. Um, It's a, so here's the thing here. Let me preface some of the things that I'm going to say right now. I'm going to say alleged a lot because I think because of her upbringing, well, I know because of her upbringing, she was treated very poorly by the New York elite and she was never accepted by them. So there were a lot of rumors about her that were spread. And I think it's really important that we recognize that, that like the reality of Eliza Jamal was that she was, a poor girl who was able to, to make something of herself and she was very intelligent and um, became a very successful businesswoman and people were jealous of her and started a lot of bad, bad stories about her. She is the Which, Bethany Frankel of, like, <laughs> truly, she's the Bethany Frankel. She is. Do you know the, the Bethany Frankel, Megan, uh, donated a lot of money to COVID-19 Oh, she's like at the forefront of this crisis. She has a yeah, whole. Yeah, she really is. Really? Yeah. He's the yes. skinny margarita lady, right? Yes, but she is like she has this foundation that raises lots of money, does a lot of good work for pretty much any crisis, like like in immediate like North America and stuff. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of work for Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico. Yep. Um, well, Megan, she was able to get like PPE for um, was it Queens or? It's she's done. She's it's like like. Millions and millions of dollars at this point. She's, yeah, like like Cuomo and Trump have been fighting over protective, uh, personal prote- protective equipment for uh, first responders. And Bethany Frankel was like, "Cool, here's like what two million? Did she do two million? And at least she's done way more than that. Like she's, she's done, done way more than that. But like right away, she was like, "Cool," and not only just did it, but like like organized the transportation of it. I used to think she was like kind of nothing and then the more I read about her I'm like damn she kind of reminds me of my relationship with Dolly Parton the way that people would diss her and then once you realize who she is you're like oh Did, when you're so, Oprah, it reminds me of because she was like not part of the elite at all and when she got onto the New York scene she was like who are you and things like that so I yeah and I I, I don't mean to um discredit her in any way by saying the skinny margarita lady that's just how I know her but that's her brand, and she she's her brand. She I mean, be, I like it. She would be fine with that because that's her brand that she's put her whole entire life into. Yeah, um, that's really incredible. So good. I on think her. it's like because uh, uh, Megan and I love Dolly Parton so much. I'll just I'll slide it right here. Costs a lot of money to look this cheap. Like I feel like when somebody knows who they are, then they can just be like authentic to the extent of I know what you think of me, but I kind of don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Delacorte would say, find out who you are and do it on purpose. So, so true. And it takes a lot of people a very long time to figure that out. And sometimes they never do, which is too bad. But like, yeah, I'm, I, I, I own the fact that I am a weirdo and I like really dark, crazy things and I'm okay with that. And I have no problem sharing that with people as I do publicly here. Um, own your shit and it's okay, especially right now. Yeah, totally. Own it and, and be proud of the things you like. It's all right. We're, we should all be supportive of each other and doing our best to just be there. Even if you don't have the money or the resources, just sending love to each other is all, you know, that that's the most important thing right now. But let's go back to our buddy, Eliza. I'm going to call her Betsy um, moving forward because that's how her, her family referred to her. Um, and actually she was called Betsy as a child. And then when she moved to New York um, in the, she changed her name to Eliza Brown because she wanted to distance herself from her family in Rhode Island. So in the 1790s, she moved to New York city and she had aspirations of becoming an actress. Um, she did some work as a background actor, um, which means uh, she was an extra in uh, some New York <laughs> theater uh, sorry to my actor friends out there for calling that out. Um, was, she on, was she on Law and Order SVU? <laughs> she was on the stage version of that, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, yeah, for the stage on Broadway. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> she she met Stephen, her first husband. Um, in New York. She met him was- just before she killed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were married for a very long time. Just before um, she killed him. But but if you were talking to any type of New York socialite, they would say that exact thing. Um, it's alleged that she tricked him into marrying her by faking a terminal illness and claimed that marriage um, was her dying wish. But... <sighs> The the stories, but there are other stories that say that um, there were a lot of love letters between the two of them and that their relationship um, spoke for itself and said otherwise. Uh, there are rumors that the two of them were um, sympathizers with Napoleon and um, were often guests at his home when uh, Stephen would return home to France because he was a he was a French native. Um, but that's also been dispelled and people think that they actually, cause they actually had a lot of like, um, items that were previously owned by the Napoleons or by the Bonapartes, sorry. Um, and <laughs> whoops, uh, they think that they actually purchased those through auction and that they actually just were more acquaintances. Um, so there's a lot of things that like, with these two that you have to kind of dig through to get around the rumors because they were so wealthy and they had this prominent household. They, they, they were kind of like the envy of the town for a long time. Um, there was the rumor that she let uh, Stephen die so she could marry Aaron Burr. Um, so there were a lot of things about her that people just kind of like, talked about her a lot um and she just kind of kept to herself but she was really smart because there are things like this where she had two thousand dollars marked or knocked off the buying price of the mansion when they were looking to buy it in 1810 because there were rumors that the house was already haunted oh wow so, that's a lot of money to have knocked off the price yeah yes. and that was her she was like we'll buy this house but so, like, she was, like, super savvy and a very impressive lady. Um, her, uh, her, she had an adopted daughter that was actually her niece. It was her daughter or her sister's daughter. Um, and her sister, like, her, her siblings never were able to, like, build themselves up like she 
was. So she really kind of took care of them. So she took in her niece and she kind of became the adopted daughter and her daughter would never stay in the house alone because she was so freaked out by it. Um, I couldn't really find any stories about um, any previous hauntings before or like any other ghosts, but I would assume that it probably had something to do with the Revolutionary War and some type of resonant energy from all of the soldiers and the death that was happening around the house during that time. Um, so Stephen died in 1832 of either pneumonia or a carriage accident or from a carriage accident. Um, <laughs> I had to correct my notes. This, uh, or both, this, this you know. about, or both. He had pneumonia in a carriage. It's hard to say. <laughs> Actually, oh. I mean, given the time, it was probably both. Mm-hmm. However, some say that he died after falling on a pitchfork. Um, Murder, most foul. Which is also um, a, a form of death that you can find in um, Halloween Five. The Return of Michael Myers. It's my and, favorite part um, of Halloween 5. I'm pretty sure that uh, Jason Voorhees also uses a pitchfork as a mode of death as well. Um, so the the gossip in the ladies' parlors in Manhattan at the time was that Eliza undid his dressings and watched him bleed out. Wow. So, yeah, these ladies were pretty terrible. It's a big um, allegation. It's a huge yeah. allegation and it's really horrible because that's like a, like there's so many terrible things around about that. Like it's so vindictive and, and like masochistic, just like watching somebody suffer through that. Like there's so many things. Um, uh, there, there was also a local medium that claimed that Eliza buried him alive. So basically after he died, people. Wait, hold on step back did did she bury him alive she did not he probably died of a pneumonia he was like in his he was in his 50s when he died like he was and you know in the 1800s that's that's like 195 yeah yeah so the reality is that he probably died of pneumonia but they because she was the because they were shitting on her. girl turned wealthy, and she had all these things. They were envious. They talked about her, and maybe she did, but uh, he is buried on the grounds. But I'm pretty sure there was a service and everything. Um. So after um after that, like after he died, like I'd said, um, she married Aaron Burr. Um, and then after Burr's death, she became a recluse and fell into dementia, unfortunately. And she was known to just walk the hallways and the chambers of the house. Um, and she just kind of like became unkempt and just kind of, you know, succumbed to her dementia. She did live to be 90 years old. She died in the house alone. Um so people will say that they see her in the house as an elderly woman in a violet dress, like a loose fitting violet dress on her. Um, and they also see Steven in the house. Man. So, Can I ask you a question, Noelle? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, how do you think people will see your ghost? <laughs> you know, we've never touched on this before. Um, and we should talk about that more. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say after I ask them a weird question that we should talk about it more. Thank you for being my best friend. Okay, so <laughs> how do you see your ghost? Or how will people see your ghost? I hope that they see me wearing um, a, a t-shirt and uh, jeans and just kind of like sitting in a corner judging them. Wow, cool. Just so kind of observing and judging. Yeah. Like you in real life. Megan, what about you? Well, I just want to say that I feel so honored to be part of this very important discussion. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, I I don't overstep on anyone, but 
I think they'll probably see me as sitting in like a Dolly Parton t-shirt and like a flat bill hat because that's kind of been my quarantine look for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, you know, if I were younger, I would have said like a, a gown, but that's just, that's not who I am. Um, maybe like a, a loose fitting eighties blazer over my t-shirt. <laughs> I love it. I and love it. I will be wearing a, a stiletto. So yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Pass it up. I like that. Um, but I, I, I want to say that Megan has been rocking the flat build hat and it's been, um, it's really been working for you. It's super cute. She's got the Broad City uh, one of Fook, or is it? Let's yeah, Fook? there it is. That's it. One of Fook. And it's got a nice floral bill on it. Yeah. I love it. And Jay, how will we see you? You know, I uh, uh, I listened to your answers, and I actually think, <clears throat> even though I was the first one to ask it, I don't think people will see me. I think, I think. People experience me. I think I am the the thing your cat looks at, and like the <laughs> sunshine your cat like is very distracted by, and you don't know why. As a person with cats, I get that. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'll stay, but I think my energy will be enough that I will disturb. Uh, animals that have like energy response. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, I, I call him my kit, the kitten. He's a year old now. Um, but he's, he's more of a teenager and he's a total shithead. Um, he will, there are certain places in my house where he just like stares up at the ceiling and just meows at nothing yep. and gets very upset. And I'm like, we're just going to leave this alone. I think that's who I am. Okay. I think actually right now, probably in real life, that's who I am. <laughs> yeah. People we're often stare at me and get upset. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'll, oh, yes, and they have no idea why, and I don't have any idea why either. Well, you're just on a screen now, so easier to yell at, I guess. Um, yeah, I know, right? Well, uh, so that's that's it for the Morris Jamel Mansion. Um, if you want to go, it is available for tours as a museum. Um, the the curators of the museum have um, opened it up more to ghost tours these days, and they are open to people um, coming in and checking it out for that. They they you know are they kind of treat it more as like I don't think they take it very seriously it's more like in jest and they they allow this stuff to happen but they want to focus more on the history of the home and in the location um and just you know it's a it's a big part of Manhattan and so they're more focused on that part of it but well, no, check it out sounds, that sounds amazing and everybody should go check that out uh when we're clear to go check things out, please make that um, someplace you just go uh, in New York to uh, have a good time at. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening to our program. We are so happy today to have one of our very best friends, Megan Ensley, co-hosting the show. We could not be <laughs> more enthusiastic about what she brings to the table. Megan, um, any last words or thoughts about the house? Well, I... Or the show? Well, yes, to all of them. I'm shocked I never, <laughs> never heard about the the mansion, and I definitely want to check it out next time I go to New York. Um, and I'm it's always such an honor to be asked to be on one of my favorite podcasts. So thank you so much. Um, I always learn a lot while I'm here, and uh, yeah, thank you. Of course, Megan Ensley, you are the yeah. funniest and the loveliest, and we just admire you so much. And thank you for letting me talk about Real Housewives. Thank you. Hell yeah. Actually, we think you should probably come back, and if a housewife dies, um, God God forbid, God forbid. talk yeah. about their ghosts, or maybe one of the husbands or something. Like well, uh, That's happened, so we could, we could, not the housewives, but spouses and partners have passed. Anyway. Yes. Um, I think because... 
<laughs> it is uh, Easter. It would be appropriate for you guys to end on um, an Easter note mm -hmm. and possibly a song. Well, possibly. I mean, this Megan, is impromptu. This is impromptu, and uh, Megan's a guest, and she has a voice of an angel. I, I don't. But Megan, would you maybe take us to some an exciting part of He's Alive? Um, I don't know if I can handle that kind of pressure right now. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> you play it, and I could. I'm better at acting it out. Oh my god. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Megan and I have just like completely frozen. But, oh, are you going to act it out? Well, I was like, what? how does this song even go? Just, you know. I'm just, I'm just. He's alive. He's alive and not forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. Hallelujah. He's alive. He's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. I think that's enough, Megan. Beautiful. Sweet. <laughs> Love it. Did I blow out your eardrum? No, did I do the same? No, no, I just went into it without even any warning. <laughs> I love it. Sweet Jesus. Happy day of bunnies and, and chicks, baby chicks. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for listening to this show called High Spirits. And thank you for um, allowing me and Megan to impromptuly sing some uh, our favorite Easter carol by Dolly Parton. It's called He's Alive. If you'd like to check that out, please go to Apple Music uh, or pretty much anywhere that sells Dolly Parton music. Um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and review some of our sponsors here. Um, uh, Noelle, who's your uh, drinking sponsor? Um, tonight I'm drinking Boda Box Cabernet. Boda Box, it's wine in a box. Sounds divine. I'm into uh, it. Megs, who you be drinking? Uh, Revolution Brewing Antihero India Pale Ale. Awesome. And I'm G-Segment. I'm drinking Coors Light, brought to you by the people from Coors Light. From the mountain of Coors Light, it tastes like water that tastes like beer. Um, I couldn't be more thrilled about it. So Coors Light, keep backing your truck into my alley and uh, having uh, men leave uh, uh, cases of Coors Light six feet away from my apartment. Uh, we're so happy and delighted that you uh, listen to the show called High Spirits. Noelle has one last terrible thing to say to you. The sweet dreams. <laughs>